your mercies new every morning. Thank you for keeping us in your name by your spirit leading us through life teaching us the truths and mysteries of the kingdom. We are eternally grateful. Not only have you shown us our condition, but you have revealed to us the Lord Jesus, Him crucified, Him glorified, And we thank you, <clears throat> eternally grateful, that he that hath begun a good work in us shall accomplish it until the day of his coming. Our Father, who art in heaven, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let it come here on earth. Kingdom, which Daniel saw as a rock not hewn by hands that destroys all other kingdoms and it alone remains forever and ever. Teach us the ways of your kingdom. Teach us the ways of your spirit that we walk thereunto. Cause our feet not to slip, my Father, but keep us in the way in which we should go. Make our crooked paths straight. Straighten our legs. Straighten our hands. Cause us to walk by the Spirit of Christ. Help us, Holy Spirit, Glorify the Lord Jesus together with you. <clears throat> Help us fulfill and represent the mandate. A mandate of this great gospel. This great gospel of the kingdom. This great gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, let us come in contact, continuous contact with him that is declared the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. 
and let our lives be touched. My God, my Lord, let your word grow in us. Let it prevail over us. Let it conquer the limitations that exist within us, in our souls, in our flesh. Causing us to walk in the dominion to which you have called us. For your word said you have called us to inherit a kingdom and glory which shall not end. Holy Ghost, work, work, work within our souls. Tear the veils of blindness and ignorance <clears throat> and cause us to see. Cause us to see. Oh, we bless you, dear Father. We give you praise even this morning as we convene together. We thank you that your word doubtlessly produces sheaves. We thank you. We bless you. We honor you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hmm. Hallelujah. Good morning. <clears throat> How are you? I trust you well. On Friday, we taught on the mystery of the Lord's table. I hope and I pray that that message has been of great blessing to you and that you will use it to improve your spiritual walk with the Lord. Tomorrow is our, our it's your first day. My today is my last day of the fast. And your first day of uh, the accord fast. I <clears throat> hope that you're preparing yourselves. I know sometimes we become casual in the things of God and it's, it can be very destructive to our faith when we do not learn to honor God, not learn to handle the things of God with the sanctity that it requires. And this same God 
to whom we may at times lightly engage with and casually engage with is the same God from whom we want and desire blessing. If you look today at the landscape of the global body of Christ, especially here in Africa, there's never been a time where the church has been so disjointed, so disunited in the cause of Christ. And Jesus said to us, a kingdom divided. He says, it cannot stand. Division and schisms are carnal expressions of the sinful flesh. Paul spoke about this when there were sects in Corinthians. How one said they are of Apollos, others said they are of Peter, and they will not listen to what Apollos was saying because they were of Peter. And Paul asked them a question. He said, did Peter die for you? Did Peter die for you? Did Paul die for you? Did Apollos die for you? Are your sins atoned, remitted by the blood of Apollos and Paul? He says, ye are yet canal. Ye are yet babes. And the division in the body of Christ is proof that the church has not grown, the church has not developed. If anything, the church has regressed in its development because it has stopped seeking the things which are of the Lord and start seeking the things which are of man, each seeking their own way. And that is the reason why our generation has had the least impact in the witness of the gospel and the message of Christ. Why is that with so much technology with so much knowledge that is in existence that the world is growing more wicked, more unruly, more lawless. And it seems that the mystery of iniquity is having its way because he that letteth is not letting. And I'll tell you, and this is really the... A message, or rather series I 
want to commence to help God's people understand several things which I believe are necessary if you're going to survive the tumultuous dark periods, days of sorrow that are upon us. There are certain things, fundamental things that should be the anchors of your soul. And this is the reason why I believe when I look at the landscape, the condition of the church, that there's so much void, so much emptiness of power. You know, the church does not want for sermons and teachings and messages. It does not want, we have a plurotha of that. If you look onto uh, any platform right now and you search for any message, I can guarantee you'll find it. We do not lack for words. But one thing we lack for is power. One thing we lack for is the demonstration of the kingdom we represent. And the dwindling of this power, is this, there's a cause behind it. It is not accidental. Ask yourself, if, if, if you've been a student of church history and have studied the great revivals and great works of God in the past, why, why, with no technology, with no advancements in technology, men like Charles Grandison Finney, George Whitefield, John Wesley, they were able to shake the world. John G. Lake, within five years, five years of his work in South Africa, he had started 1,000 churches. 1,000 churches. Within five years of his time in Spokane, he had recorded 100,000, 100,000 healings and outstanding miracles. So much so that the government of America declared that city the healthiest city in the world. Why? How could these men do so much for God with so little? It's because they did not rely on their PR teams, on their marketing teams. They leaned on something far greater, something far supreme, something that the church has lost its essence. You know, Paul said, a man of God, a man of God, a servant of God must not engage in quarrelsome conversation. He must not engage. He must not, he must never quarrel. But to say today that is the daily bread. That is what and how men who represent God are known for. Something is lost. 
And if the Christians themselves don't realize, they themselves will be lost. They will be lost in this conundrum of this unity. You, you, you need to understand, you, you need to understand that we being many, the Bible says are one bread. So whatever is happening in the body of Christ, in some form or another, it will affect you. Because the hand cannot say to the E, I do not need you. The eye cannot say to the, to the, to the nose, I don't need you. You slap the cheek, the first person that responds is the hand. Because the body is an interwoven system, it's an interwoven mechanism. If one part is affected, the rest is affected. This gospel of the kingdom. This gospel of the kingdom that is the most powerful instrument given to us given to man by God I want us to read something in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 43. Inata. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities, for therefore am I sent. For therefore am I sent. I must. Huh. I must, Jesus says, I must. Because for this purpose, for this purpose, the purpose of preaching the kingdom of God, he says, I am sent. In, if, if you read this in Mark chapter 1, he says, for this purpose I came. So, the ministry of Jesus Christ had a dual reality to it. The one part of his ministry was to fulfill the prophets and the law. So he came as the lamb that was to be sacrificed. And we will begin to touch on that shortly. But the other aspect of his ministry was exemplary. He came to set an example for those who would follow after him. So he says, 
He came. He came to preach the kingdom of God to mankind. He came to preach. So the endorsement of God and power that came was to assist him in the announcement, the preaching of the kingdom of God. So Jesus came to herald and preach the kingdom. And that's why if, if you look at the last thing Jesus said, look at the last thing. Let's read uh, Matthew 28. Uh, let's read Matthew 28. Let's, let, let's, let's read Matthew 28 verse um, Let's read from verse 16. Then, this is after his resurrection and he, he was about to be taken back into heaven. And this is his last message. And if you read the book of Acts, the Bible says that after he rose from the dead, he began to instruct them and command them through the Holy Ghost. So he was ministering by the Spirit of God to them, the same Spirit that he left for us. He says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. When they saw him, they worshipped him. When they saw him, they worshipped him. They were compelled. This, this was a man that they had known throughout his entire ministry. From the time that he called them, they, they knew him. They are acquainted with him. But this time they are worshipping him. At other times they were not. They were sleeping. At other times they were, they were relating and engaging with him like they were acquaintances, their friends. But this time they see him and they worship him. Something is different. They worship him. And, and you must know that only worship can be ascribed to God. Which means that at this point in time, Jesus had taken his appointment, his ordination as God. He was God. If you read Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible talks about how God, when he speaks to Jesus, he says, your throne, O God, is established forever and the scepter of your righteousness is established forever. He is God. And they see him and they worship him, but some doubt it. That means some that were within his camp, they doubted. Why is the message of Jesus Christ so important? Why is it important to you? Because my brother and my sister, the fundamental principle of your existence and of your life here on earth and in eternity depends on the knowledge, on your knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's a non-negotiable thing that you cannot know God, you cannot relate with God apart from Jesus Christ. So every, and, and that's why when Jesus spoke about the Spirit of God coming, He said He will not come of His own accord, 
that his coming is, is for one purpose and one purpose only is, is to transmit what's mine and give it to you and it is to glorify me. On earth, you need to understand this. On earth, on earth, it is the knowledge, the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves men. It, it is not the gospel of, of the Father, of the Holy Ghost. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when he came, he came to administrate, to preach the kingdom, the gospel about the kingdom. And we'll begin to touch on that. But the gospel of Jesus Christ is what saves man. In other words, you, you cannot begin to benefit from the gospel of the kingdom until you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? It is the message, the good message, the good news about Jesus Christ. Your salvation, your life on earth, your life in eternity depends on it. Barrenness in, in spirit, barrenness in, in knowledge of Jesus Christ is what is causing such a regression in the Christian condition today. So he, he, he says... Verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all power, all power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Which, which means that Jesus is the only authorized being in the universe to exercise supreme overriding authority over any authority of man and any authority of spirits. You need to understand this. Jesus is the only being in the universe that has been given authority to exercise supreme Overriding authority over all other authorities. Which means there is no one more powerful than Jesus. Look at me. There is no one more powerful. No one more authorized than Jesus. This is something that the gospel of Jesus Christ comes to establish in the soul of man. No man, no matter how much authority he seems to wield, carries more authority than Jesus Christ. None is as powerful as him. Because all authority is routed from him. All authority is a benevolence from him. The Bible calls him the ruler over the kings of the earth. This man, this man rules over kings. The Bible calls him the king of kings. He's lord over lords. There is no one deserving of your respect 
your honor, your oblation more than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the head of every principality. When you understand this truth, any man that proposes to come in the name of Christ, you will demand of him the proofs of his representation. Because no man can represent Jesus and not have power. Because to speak of Jesus. Now, there are people right now, and there's this thing going on right now, where Christians uh, feel like they need uh, to call God or call Jesus by his original name. And they say Jesus is not Jesus' uh, original name. His original name is Yahuwah. Well, not even Yahuwah is his original name. Not even Yahuwah is his original name. The name is a name that is given to man. If you go to heaven, he's not known by that name. That's why he says, I will write on him my new name. So there's no use deliberating about whether his name is G-E-J-E-S-U-S or Y, it starts with a Y or J. There's no use. As long as you know to which Jesus you are referring to, it is known. In the spirit, it registers. That's why when the sons of Sceva tried to cast out the devil by the name of Jesus, which Paul knew, it did not register with the devils that this man had association with this Jesus. Here's a question I want to ask them. Here's a question I want to ask them who are so, so concerned about Yahuwah and all that. I've been in the ministry for years and I've cast out devils in the name of Jesus. I've done miracles in the name of Jesus. Why did the devils respond to me when I used Jesus? Why? Yeah, why? No, why did they respond? When I said in the name of Jesus, come out! And that devil left that individual. When I said in the name of Jesus, be healed. And they were healed. It's not about the sounding of the name. This is what people don't understand. And that's why people busy themselves with letter and they miss the spirit. Don't fall into that nonsense. Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into it. It will lead you down a dark path, a powerless path. What matters is, is that the Jesus whom you are referring to is the king of the universe. He's, he's the one of Nazarene. So identification matters. It's about The name is about identification. It's not about how you call it or how it sounds because Jesus sounds different in many languages. In Greek is Jesus. In, in, in Hebrew is Yahuwah. We know Hebrews. Are we Hebrews? We need to stop behaving like we're Jews. We're not Jews. 
We've not been called to become Jews. We've been called to be a new creation. The Bible tells us that there is neither Jew nor Greek in him. That he from the two had made one new man. And it is after the likeness of that one new man that we are to function. So Jesus says, all authority. So if a man comes to you and says, I represent Jesus. One of the first signs is authority. And the authorization to exercise that power is hidden. Not in the commissioning of the man. You'll, you'll see now. Not in the commissioning of the man. Which means that God can call a man and there be no power expressed through his life. Because all men are called to one thing. They are called to the service of Christ in the publication of the gospel. When Paul talked about his ministry, he said God had separated him from his mother's womb unto the gospel. So the, the, the ministry or ministries of man given by Christ distributed severally by the Spirit of God are there for the purpose of administrating and distributing and publicizing the gospel. So he rises from the dead and he says, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. In heaven, look at this, in heaven, the exercise of his power is not only limited to heaven, but he says in earth. Here's a question. What power are you living by? What power are you functioning by? What power is governing your life? Because if the power of Jesus is not governing your life, you of all people are miserable. So I need you to understand this gospel of the kingdom. This gospel of the kingdom. What is it? What is its objective? And why did God choose to carry, choose as a vehicle, the transmission of his power to mankind through this gospel. The implication of this gospel is that there are other gospels as well. There are other gospels, but there's, there's only one gospel of power. There's only one gospel of Christ. Other gospels are gospels that have led many lives to ruin today in the name of Jesus. But they are not the gospel. They are not this gospel. And this morning I want to begin to teach you on how and why is it important to not only understand what the gospel is, but to embrace it and to defend it. Jesus says, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Then in verse 19, 
immediately he says, go ye therefore, 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 on the basis of what? Go ye therefore on the basis of the fact that all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the earth. Uh, in, even unto the end of the world. Uh, read Mark 16. Read Mark 16. Read Mark 16. I can assure you now, ask any Christian you know, ask them, what is the gospel of the kingdom? Ask them, just ask them, what is the gospel of the kingdom? What is the gospel of Christ? What is it? I can even ask you as well, what is it? You'll be scratching your head. This is the reason behind powerlessness. This is the reason behind lifelessness. This is why the vigor of, 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 of the Christian faith laid down unto the ancient saint once and for all is not as expressive in our generation. Because there's a lack of the understanding of really what is the gospel. And you need to understand that the entire landscape of spiritual warfare is upon the lines of the broad unveiling of the gospel. We will read about that now. I, I, I want to read Mark 16. This, this is the same thing after Jesus risen from the dead. Verse 14, he says, After he appeared unto the eleven as they sat and at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, he rebuked them because they did not believe that he had risen. Verse 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Preach the gospel to every creature. This is Jesus' last message to us before he left. He said, Let the gospel be preached. How can you preach something you do not understand? How can you preach something you do not know? You will understand why as a human being, it's important to be protected by Jesus. Acts chapter... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This gospel of the kingdom. Whew. <laughs> ah, la, 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 la. Chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Hey. 
Chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Thank you, Jesus. Let's read from verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand he before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Verse 12. Neither is there salvation. Neither is there help. <laughs> Neither is there deliverance. Neither is there healing. Neither is there freedom in any other. It says, neither is the salvation in any other, for there is none other name. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Notice the Bible says, the Bible says, there's no other name, there's no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. Men must be saved. The need of the gospel of Jesus Christ on earth is, is on the premise that men must be saved or they will die. They will face eternal damnation. Men must be saved. Men must be saved. So the reason why Jesus sends out his disciples in Mark 16 and 28 into all the world is so that men must be saved. But the instrumentality of salvation is in the name of Jesus. And that name is delivered through the gospel, through the message of the kingdom. So you must be saved. There's no question about it. Every man that is on the surface of the earth must be saved. But there's no other way. There is no other way. It's only one way. Salvation is in none other. Which means you don't need to look anywhere else to be ascertained of salvation than to Jesus. Because that is the only name under heaven that God had given to man by which they must be saved. So man must be saved. There's no question about if they must be saved. Otherwise, they face eternal damnation. So then we need to ask, 
Lord, why the gospel? And what is the gospel? By which the delivery of the name of Jesus will cause man to be saved. What is the gospel? I'm going to read you one last thing and then we're going to begin to delve into this truth. Turn your Bibles to the book of Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 3. Satan is not afraid of your prayer life. He's not afraid of your church attendance. He's not afraid of your Christian title. He does not shriek and men who pray. Elijah was a praying man. The devil got him. But there's something that causes the devil to shriek more than anything. More than anything. I, 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 I shared with you one part of it on Friday when we talked about the mystery of the Lord's table. Every devil in hell including Satan, is afraid, is afraid of the remembrance of the death of Jesus. <laughs> he is afraid. So Satan knows where the power is. He knows where the power in the Christian is. He knows where it, where it is. So, and you know that he recognizes where the great threat is by where he spends most of his time attacking. You'll see. Because you must understand, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not only for man to know and receive. The gospel is a witness. The gospel is the witness of the dominion of God. Is a witness of the dominion of his Christ. The gospel of Jesus, the message of the kingdom is a witness to nations that God is supreme ruler. But beyond that, the gospel serves as a notice to the... Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. But if our gospel be heed, it is heed to them that are lost. If our gospel is heed, is hidden, 
right? That gospel is hidden to them that are lost. The ones that are lost, so they are lost because the gospel is hidden to them. You see that? They are lost because the gospel is hidden to them. Verse 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. He had blinded the minds. You see that? He had blinded the minds of them which believe not. So, not believing gave Satan the rights to cast a veil over their minds. So, so you, you, you wonder, why did God take such string, uh, stringent actions against those who did not believe? The Bible tells, tells us in Jude that we know that God destroyed those whom he had delivered. And saved out of Egypt. Who afterwards he killed because they did not believe. So why God, why was God so serious, so adamant about the condition of their belief? It's the fact that without belief, Satan has rights. So all the rights of Satan over a, a, a human being can be exercised in the absence of belief. Who is he that overcomes, but he that believes? So the one who does not believe is overcome. He does not overcome. So why is belief so essential? And why does Satan use unbelief to do his work? So he says, the God of this world hath, hath blinded the minds of those who don't believe. He had blinded their minds. If Jesus, if Jesus, if Jesus is the savior that God says he is, if he's the benevolent king that the scriptures tells us he is, why are many people running away from him instead of to him? If he's the savior of the world, why does the world hate him? Why are men trying to do everything they can to remove this Jesus from civilization? What is it about Jesus that rubs people the wrong way? Allah doesn't rub people the wrong way. Buddha doesn't rub people the, the wrong way. Buddha has tourists. Allah doesn't rub people the wrong way. Krishna doesn't rub people the, whole, the wrong way. These are religions that are, are accepted, embraced in the global society. So much so that men go and visit and go on pilgrimages. Allah, the Islam God, is not repulsive. But talk about Jesus. Everybody is quick to believe in all other gods. Their existence, their power, and their religion, and, and everybody, every single body. 
But talk about Jesus. People will turn on their heads. Yet he's the one that came to save them. He's the one that died for them. There's no human being on earth that does not know about Jesus. I said there is no human being on earth in, in the civilized world, in the civilized world that does not know about Jesus. But what Jesus represents antagonizes the devil in man, the sin in man. What wrong thing had Jesus ever done except to call man unto repentance? And what is causing the world to have so much hatred for Jesus? So much hatred for Jesus. I'll tell you what it is. Their minds have been blinded. You too were blinded. Listen, that you are good means nothing. Eternal damnation or the eternal state of man is not determined by your goodness. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all men need a savior. But why have men allied themselves with Lucifer, allied themselves with Satan against God? It's called deception. And the Bible says, if our gospel be heed, it is heed to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them. And his gospel is good news. It's not bad news, it's good news. Whom the, whom the God of this world had blinded their minds of them which believe not. Then he says, this is the reason why. Lest the light, so the gospel has light. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, lest the light, the gospel of Jesus Christ has light. So all men are in the dark until they have the gospel. And Satan is trying by all means to prevent that light from shining. He's, he's doing everything he must to prevent that light. The light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God to shine unto them. Which means the light of the gospel today is shining all over the world. But the minds are veiled. They can't see the light. The light can't shine on them. Blessed be God that God's light has shined on you. But sometimes there are certain veils that still exist within you that prevent you from seeing the entirety of the truth. So the delivery, the expression, the distribution of that light comes through preaching, is delivered through preaching. Because he says in verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord. So the reason why even some Christians are in the dark is proof that their preachers are not preaching Christ, they are preaching themselves. For had they preached Christ, there'd be dominion in the church. There'd be dominion over sin. Man would not be wallowing in sin and weakness. 
Why? Because only Christ makes men strong. By listening to me. Only Christ makes men strong. Only Jesus makes men wise. Only Jesus makes men good. These are things, my brother, if you have not established in your heart, you will find yourself in times in life going to and fro, being tossed to and fro by winds, by doctrines. If you are not founded on the truth that is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel and why is the gospel? You know, to understand the necessity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the necessity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you need to understand not the condition of man, but the origination of sin. Let's read Revelation chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12. Please open your Bibles, all right? Don't just listen. Open your Bibles. You know, one of the ways the devil has has gotten a hold of the minds of God's people is by keep, keeping them from opening the Bible. That's, that's one of the ways he has gotten a hold of many of God's people because you rely on what your preacher says and that is dangerous. That, listen, listen, listen. When you were at school, did you rely only on what your teacher said to pass your exams? Did you sit there and say, okay, everything my teacher says, this is what I will listen to and that's it? No, you didn't. You still, you still page through those textbooks, right? You still did that research. And that's why the, 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 he, had God intended that only the preacher should open the Bible, he should have released a few Bibles to preachers only. But you have a Bible. Which means that God intended to have that book into your hand, into your laps. Who must open it? You, you need to open it. Because listen, Listen, there's no guarantee that you will have me forever as your, as, as, as your pastor. I might die tomorrow. What will happen to your faith? What will happen to you? Are you going to stop believing in God because I'm no more? That is, that is the problem in Christianity. We have made idols out of the servants of God. They are servants. Listen to the word. Servants, not kings. Servants. Do you hear the word? They are slaves. Not kings. Do you treat a slave like you treat a king? But we have made these men, these women of God, whom God has called, we made them our, our kings, our, our everything. I'm not your everything. 
Don't look to me like I'm your every. I'm not your everything. I can hurt you. I can abuse you. I can misuse you. Yes, I'm not your everything. Your everything must be Jesus. And you see, you you will get you will get to realize why it's important for Jesus to be your everything. Because if Jesus is your everything, then you will do everything He tells you. If your pastor is everything, you will do everything he tells you at the expense of what Jesus said. What does he must say about more in Christianity all in the name of God? Because people don't open their Bibles. People don't open their Bibles and read their Bibles and call to attention. So we need to understand the gospel, this gospel, not, not your, the gospel of your father. No, this gospel. The gospel is not a gospel of sin. <laughs> gospel simply means good news or a good message. You know, when you come to your friend and say, hey, I've got good news for you. I just got a job today. That's good news, right? I got news to you. I just got fired. Is that good or bad? It's bad news, right? So good news are glad tidings. It's a good message. I got good news. What's the great news? I'm getting married. Oh, hallelujah. It's good news. So, that is what? The good news about your marriage. The good news of your marriage. You understand that? I got good news. I got a job today. What is that? Good news of your job. Right? Now, what is the good news of the kingdom? <laughs> Do you understand that? Which means the coming, the arrival of the kingdom is good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. That means Jesus is good news. Jesus is not bad news for the world. Jesus is good news. Jesus is good news for you and me. The kingdom of God is good news for you and me. And that good news comes with deliverables. <laughs> oh my God. The deliverables of the good news is power. Because you have become a beneficiary of the good news, right? If, if you say, I got good news, I got a new job, you have become a beneficiary of a new job. If you got good news, you're getting married, you become a beneficiary of marriage. Do you understand that? Now, when you say, I got good news about Jesus, it is so that you can become a beneficiary of Jesus. And if you got good news about the kingdom, it's so that you can become a beneficiary of the kingdom. So whatever the good news is, is a must that you must hear it. It's essential that man must hear it and be given the opportunity to believe. Because when men truly hear the good news, men will believe. They'll believe. Because all men knows, all men knows that within their nature is nothing but debauchery. All men knows. All men knows that they need a savior. 
All men are aware of a power that is beyond them, that is controlling them to do things that they would not. All men knows. And men are confused. That was why men do all sorts of things in many religions. It's to try to get peace. And the thing which man seeks after is in the good news of Jesus Christ. And I, and I want us to delve into this so that you can really understand why the good news, the necessity of the gospel. What is the necessity of the gospel and why is the devil so afraid of it? Revelation chapter 12, are we there? Let's read verse 1. For us to understand the gospel as it is now, we need to look at the ancient world, ancient civilization. We need to go back aeons before time began, before creation as we know it unfolded. And we begin to see some things about why really God chose to bring forth his reality to mankind through the instrumentality of the gospel. And there appeared, verse 1, a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Now, I want us to read verse 1 again, the first part. And I, was, I want us to read verse 3 again, right? And there appeared a great wonder, where? In heaven. There appeared a great wonder, where? In heaven. Verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Another. This one is not great. It's not as great as this one. But it is another wonder. So there appeared another wonder in heaven. So the Spirit of God has taken John into the visions of God and he's seeing something play out in the heavens that has not yet played out on earth. So this is an, a, 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 a vision that is playing out in the heavens. And on one side of the wonder, he, he sees a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. And upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. And this woman was with child. She was carrying a child. So she was a pregnant woman. So in the vision, see, she's a woman who's pregnant with a crown over her head with, 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 with the sun above her and the moon under her, her feet. So she was clothed with the sun. So she was protruding light and the moon was under her feet and she was travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. 
Now, the woman is Israel. The woman is Israel. The child, as we would see it, is Jesus. And then he says, I saw another wonder in heaven and behold, a great dragon. Now, at this point in time, Lucifer was a dragon. Which means the rebellion of the celestials had taken place. A great dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns, seven crowns upon his head. This woman has 12 crowns. This dragon has seven crowns. So this woman represents royalty. This dragon seems to also have some sort of authority. And then he says, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. <sighs> my brothers, my sisters, I present to you a mystery about the falling of the devil. There have been many theories There have been many teachings, there have been many attempts to try and decipher the reasoning behind why Satan fell. And, you know, I, I think I've, I've listened to most of them, I've heard most of them, and I've read after most of them, but they still did not explain intricately the reasoning behind why Satan, Lucifer, having so much glory and beauty, decided to rebel against God and all that God is and everything that is righteous. Jesus, uh, Satan fell because of the knowledge of the birth of Jesus Christ. If you study the Bible, you'll, re you'll realize that Satan fell on account of Jesus on earth. He fell on account of Jesus. That means he was destroyed on account of Jesus, right? What was his number one mission after Jesus was born? It was to kill him. Because he thought if he had killed Jesus, the heir to the throne, he would have now all power to rule. So after Jesus was born, he wanted to kill him. Before Jesus was born, it was on account of that that Satan fell. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. The entire conflict between Satan and God is on account of Jesus Christ. Jesus said something strange. He said, I saw, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
When did he see him? John is telling us the same thing. And Jesus, Jesus was the first to tell us that he saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He saw him. Where was he when he saw him? Because this begs us to believe that Jesus pre-existed his earthly life. And it was known in the heavens that this was going to be the head of all principality. This was the ruler. The Bible tells us that he died before the foundations of the world. If he died before the foundations of the world, that means he lived before the foundations of the world. So there is an ancient drama that spilled over into the earth. But this problem, this war, this conflict began in the heavenlies. It began before it ever played out on earth. So John says, I saw. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. This dragon. He drew a third part of the stars in heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered. The dragon, the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered to devour her child as soon as it was born. I didn't write the Bible. There it is. There it is. The devil stood in front of the woman. This is a mystery in the heavens. He saw this wonder in the heavens. And the, the, the devil wanted to devour the woman as soon, the child as soon as it was born. And listen to the reasoning behind. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. So as soon as the child was born, she was caught up unto God and unto his throne. Notice here, the death of Jesus Christ is not mentioned. He is born and he is caught up. He is born and he is caught up. And what was the destiny of this child? That this child should rule over the nations of the earth with a rod of iron. A rod of iron. Now you don't, you don't rule with a rod of iron unless, unless the nations are rebellious. Now, and the woman fell, fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there 1,203 scores and there was war in heaven. Do you see that? Do, do, do you understand this? Come, 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 come. Let's, let's discuss. Let me not preach this to you. Let's discuss this. He sees a mystery. In the mystery, he sees a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, with 12 thrones, I mean with 12 uh, crowns uh, over her head, right? A, a crown of 12 stars. And on the other side, he sees a great dragon. 
seven heads, ten horns, all those things, right? And this dragon draws a third of the stars with him. The stars, they are the angels, right? He draws a third of the stars with him. That means 33%. 33% of the angels rebel and he throws them into the earth where the woman is, right? Where the woman Where the woman is, he throws them onto the earth. Why? To help him destroy. He's not destroying the woman. He doesn't want to destroy the woman. He's destroying, he wants the child. So he, this he sees in heaven, but there's a conflict that takes place on earth. So they leave heaven and the scene changes and they are on earth. The question now becomes, why did it move from heaven to earth? And we need to really understand why is the dragon so much after the son? So much after the child. So it is known in the heavens that the woman is with child and the devil is a red dragon. He's not losing, he's a red dragon which means the fall and the rebellion was caused because Satan did not want to accept the destiny and the purposes of God. Because when he comes, he doesn't want the woman, he wants the child. Because this child, the Bible says, was to rule over the nations with the rod of iron. The thing which Satan wanted to do so God, God, my Lord, God had revealed a plan of Satan's replacement, of Lucifer's replacement. And Lucifer did not want to accept it. Because Lucifer was God's regent. He was God's regent. That's why Michael, the Bible tells us, Michael, at that point, even when they were fighting against the body of Moses, he, he couldn't bring a reviling accusation with, against him because, because Michael is an archangel. Satan is a cherub. In the classes and speciations of, 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 of these creatures of God, Satan has a higher authority because he functions at he functioned at the throne his function was at the throne of god the bible says he walked upon the coals of zion so this was a strong being he was a cherub he, he, he what a cherub Tra cherubs were are, are creatures that transport god's glory they transport god's throne so he was a being of tremendous power, of tremendous authority and influence. The Bible says, thou art perfect in the day in which you were created, full of wisdom, full of beauty. So Satan had authority and his nearness to God is what deceived him because his nearness to God made him think that he was probably the heir to the throne. Okay, 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 okay. Isaiah, Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. 
Isaiah 14. The Bible says we should not be ignorant of the enemy in which we are dealing with. Isaiah 14. I want you to, I want you to, 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 to listen to this. Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? You, you, see, you see what he was called? You see what he was called? He was called the light bringer. The morning star. The light bearer. He bore the light of the glory of God. He was the son of the morning. You understand that? He was the son of the morning. In earthly terms, he's the, he was the son we see. That's, that's Lucifer. That's Lucifer. The son you see, that's Lucifer. Oh, son of the morning. The morning star. Ah, I, I, I want to show you, I want to show you that the fall was caused by the knowledge of his replacement. I want to show it to you. Ah. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, um, Revelations 22.16. Revelations 22.16. Give me time, all right? Give me time. Give me time to unpack this truth for you. I don't, I don't want to rush it because I want you to understand why the gospel is so essential. But you need to understand what happened before the aeons. You need to understand what happened at the beginning of the ages. Because this is, is a story that Satan has tried to keep veiled from us. He's hurt. Satan was hurt by Jesus. He was hurt by the arrival of Jesus. Look at Esau and Jacob. Why, why did Esau hate Jacob so much? And why did God hate Esau? Esau have I hated. Jacob have I loved. Because that one took his birthright. Jacob took his birthright. And what did he say? He never said, I'm the God of Esau. Even though Esau and Jacob were twins. Don't forget, Esau and Jacob were twins. But from the twins, God said, I am the God of Jacob, not the God of Esau. Abel and Cain were twins. Till today, the Bible talks about the blood of Abel. How God listened to the cry of the blood. That is prophetic. Abel killed. Cain killed his own brother. And the scripture tells us that Cain was of the devil. If Cain was of the devil, who was Abel of? Abel was of Christ. Why is the war between the devil, the dragon, and the seed of the woman? In Genesis chapter 3, God speaks about how there shall be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. This is something that started in the ages past. When Satan discovered that there was going to be a replacement 
for him. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. And this replacement was going to be God's only begotten son. He's not a created being like other beings. No, he's God's own created son. In the beginning was the word. The Bible never said the word was before the beginning. The Bible said in the beginning. The word was in the beginning, not before the beginning, which means at the beginning of the ages. Oh God Almighty. Let me read this to you. Let me read. I'll come back to Revelation 22 right now. Let me read this to you. Oh God Almighty. God in heaven. God in heaven help us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8. Unto me who am less than the least of all the saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world from the beginning of the world had been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. From the beginning of the world God created all things not by the world, by Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ. So Jesus pre-existed his earthly life. He, he, he created from the beginning of the ages the world by Jesus. Okay. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Satan did not meet Jesus on earth. The first meeting that Satan and Jesus had was not on earth. Okay, God, verse Hebrews chapter 1, God who had sundry times and in diverse men has spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Do you know Mahathrahegazumva? Do you know? Do you know that the Bible tells us that when God laid the foundations of the universe, the sons of God were there clapping their hands. The sons of the morning were there clapping their hands. So at the foundation of the world, Satan was there. Because after Mathalika Thranzakaniga Somfradiem, after Jesus came all other creatures. The son says by whom he created all things by him, which means that Jesus pre-existed the beginning, but at the beginning he was there. So God, 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 by whatever system or methodology, he gives birth to the son. And by the son, he creates all other creatures. The elders, the, the four living creatures, all these creatures, the angels, to help in the assistance or in the materialization of what? Of the creation of the universe. So he says, God hath appointed him heir of all things, by whom he also made the worlds. Who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his presence, upholding all things by the word of his power. So the appointment of airship, of the inheritance of the universe did not come now. Revelation 22. And then we're going to go back to Isaiah 14 and then we'll route back to Revelation 12. 
Verse 16. Revelation 22, verse 16. Let me see your mouth move. I, Jesus. I, Jesus. I, Jesus. Who's speaking here? Who's speaking here? Jesus. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning I am the bright and morning. I am the bright and morning. When did he assume that role? Come, let's go to Isaiah 14. I am the bright and morning. I am the bright and morning. Verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? O Lucifer. O Lucifer. The word there is what? Is morning star. So, Lucifer means morning star. So Jesus, Jesus said, I am Lucifer. I am the bright Lucifer. I am the bright Lucifer. I am the bright and morning star. Oh, how thou art fallen from heaven. Oh, Lucifer. Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? How art thou cut to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Which means by this time he had fallen. By this time he was cut down. Now, we want to address why was he cut down? He rebelled against God. Why did he rebel against God? Because he was going to be replaced. Every time you read the Bible, like I just mentioned to you now, Abel and Cain. Jacob and Esau. David and his brothers. Why? Are there spiritual forces involved with the affairs of men, the actions of men? He said, Thou didst weaken the nations. Jesus said, I am the bright and morning star. Satan was 
the morning star. He is the bright and morning star. He said, For thou hast said in the heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the side of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. He said all these things in his heart. Now, imagine if you are a general, a high-ranking general in the military and you've been in service to the king for a very long time. You have tremendous authority. And then the king brings you in and says to you, Your time is up. Cast down, put down your badge, your time is up. You as a general who has so much power and so much loyalty from your angels, angels that have never seen God. And they know that you've, you've been close. You know, you've, 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 you've been close to him, close to his throne. And they have loyalty toward you. You, in the first place, what would happen to you? You, you, you lose your mind, right? Because think about the authority you lose, the, 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 the loyalty, the army, the prestige, the authority. And you are told, that No. It's time, your time is up. What you would want to do is two things. You'd want, you'd want to either usurp your king, a coup d'etat, or you want to kill the person who to replace you. So when we, when we read, God letters these truths throughout the entire Bible. And, and he puts him as a puzzle so that we figured it out. Why did Satan fall, rebel against God? Now, if we cannot understand it from that dimension, what we need to do is we need to come back on earth and we begin to see it because on earth we will see it play out. Right? We see it played out with Adam. The first person we see it play out with is Adam. But this thing began in the heavens. So Jesus, I mean, I mean, Satan really came down to the earth to look and kill Jesus. So he started with Adam. He thought Adam was Jesus. He thought Adam was the pro promised son the heir of the world. He started with him, he killed him. Then came Abel, he killed him. When he was now confused and he thought that he, he couldn't find anybody, you know what he did? He corrupted the whole world. Brought down his angels to the earth. They married women. They, they started doing all sorts of wickedness. Why? To pollute the seed. Because God had informed him, not on earth, he had informed him in the heavens through revelation. It was known among the celestials that one is coming who is to rule the nations. <laughs> one is coming who will rule over us.
the father the father is setting one on the throne and the word sin is a what the bible says till iniquity was found in you you know what iniquity is iniquity is lawlessness that's what iniquity and that's what the bible says the in, the mystery of iniquity worketh until now is the mystery of lawlessness all this time sin was a lawful region of god a lawful being of god now all of a sudden he he turns because he thought he thought till today jesus sin is hurt that's why he hates every everybody that answers jesus he hates him he hates him with a passion why in satan's eyes jesus took his place in satan's eyes jesus is everything he wanted to be and there was war let's go back let's go back to revelations and on account of this on account of the birth of the man child who was to be ruler of the earth there was war why was there war why did the great rebellion happen because of jesus jesus the birth the arrival of the man child the ruler the god child Okay, let me read you Hebrews so that you understand who Jesus is. He pre-existed all time. He pre-existed the earth, he pre-existed the heavens. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 6 and again when he bringeth the first begotten into the world do you see that when he bringeth the first begotten into the world which means that he was not born he was not begotten on earth he was brought into the earth which means he preexisted earth when he bringeth the first begotten into the world he saith let all the angels of god worship him Ah, you see it? You see it? How can how can we worship this one? Who is this one? How can we worship this one? Yet there was a divine command given from the throne, let all angels worship him. So Jesus was probably presented to the celestials. And Satan said never. Never. Not me. The father has a son. The father has a son. The father has a son. And his name was found here on earth, but the father has a son. The living logos, the living word of God, the word of the father, the son of the father, the first begotten 
All others are created. This one is begotten. He is the firstborn of a creation. He is the firstborn. Which means up until the time he was revealed, he was hidden within God. Mandali Thrahada Glerenista. He said, he said, Lord, all the angels of God, all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the son, he says, unto the son, he says, thy throne, O God, thy throne, O God, is forever and a scepter for righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. Therefore, thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee. So Jesus is the only one in the Godhead who has been anointed as God. And he's called God because he's anointed. God anointed him to be God. Just like we see prophets anointing kings to be king, Jesus was anointed by God to be God. The firstborn. I'm the firstborn over the creation of God. When you begin to understand this, you'll, you, you begin, your, your eyes begin to open to the clear picture as really what is Satan trying to do in the world. What he has been trying to do all this time was to usurp Jesus. Because Satan thought he would be anointed. Notice he said, I will be like God. No, only those to whom it is appointed. Only those upon whom the anointing to be God had come. They will be God. And he says, thy God, even thy God, thy God, even thy God has anointed thee. Who? The Father anointed him to be God. That is why the Bible tells us when all things is done, Jesus will deliver the kingdom again to the Father and he will be subject to the Father. But the war, the rebellion was on account of Jesus Christ. So when he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning, he was there on the throne of God, seeing the war ensue in the heavens, seeing Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon and his angels and they were defeated. In fact, they were not defeated. Let me not let me let me let me let me let me not say they, they were defeated. Let's let's finish reading the scripture and then we'll go to uh, Romans chapter 12. The war was postponed. We, we will get there. We'll get there. And thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. You see that? Above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, and thou, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundations of the heavens and the earth. And the heavens are the work of thine hands. They shall remain, they shall perish, but thou remaineth. Do you see that? See how Jesus is, is instrumental. And really the reason behind the rebellion of Satan. So Lucifer lost his estate, lost his state because of Jesus. That's why when, 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 he, when he riseth from the dead, the Bible calls him the head over all principality. 
So when 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 devils when when he meets devils, the devils say, "We know who you are. We know who you are." And the Bible says he always told them to shut up because they knew they knew who you are. Where did they know him from? Oh, holy one of God, we know you. Had thou come to take us before time, where did they know him from? Jesus, the true identity of Jesus was hidden by his flesh. The devil saw the true identity of Jesus because they saw in the spirit. Now, let me prove it to you. The Bible tells us that after he, he preached a message, he said, Verily I say unto you that some of you that are sitting here will not die until they see the kingdom of God. Eight days later, he took Peter, James, and John up to the high mountain, right? And the Bible says when he prayed, he transfigured. And his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as raiment. He transfigured. He changed. He revealed his true self. Which means what the devils were seeing was the bright and morning star they always knew. We know who you are. We know who you are. Have you come to take us before time? To take them away. And Jesus, the Bible says, he forbade them not to speak. For they knew who he was. They knew who he was. What, 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 who he was? Who he was? And, and do you know, Jesus really didn't want to know, didn't, really didn't want people to know who he was. That's why he asked his disciples, who do men say I am? And they told him, they told him, and then he said, tell, tell no man this thing until I'm risen. What is it? Thou art Christ, son of the living God. Tell no man this thing. Tell no man this thing. Why? 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 Because he was and is the bright and morning star. And when it was found out that there would be a woman with child, a man child who would rule the nations of the world, Satan flipped on his head. Iniquity was found in him. And Lucifer became the great adversary. Then listen to what happened. And then the Bible says there was war. Do you, do, have you realized everybody who has ever preached this has never really told us why there was war in heaven? They've never. All they said, no, there was war in heaven. Why? What causes a war? The foundation of war is disagreements. When, when one opposing party disagrees with what in many times a high authority is doing. So, war broke out in heaven. Why? Because the man-child who was to rule the nations says, was caught up to God to his throne. It's a wonder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, glory to God. So there was war. I said the war, the war was postponed. Uh, 
<laughs> Can we continue another 15 minutes? Just give me a second. Just give me a second quick. The war was postponed and I'll tell you why the war was postponed. Look look uh let's look at revelations again. Let's look at revelations again. Verse 7. And and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. And they prevailed not. You see that? And they prevailed not, which means that the devil was coming to do what? To take the throne of God. What made him think that he could? What made him think that he could? He, because uh, uh, what bonus did he have to think that he, he the, because the Bible said they prevailed not, which means it was them that started the war. And what was the goal? I will ascend about above the clouds of the sky and I'll be like the most high I will now, and I will sit on the throne of God. So that was the goal. And the Bible says they prevailed not. They didn't lose the war. The Bible never said they lost the war. The Bible says they prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. So he was cast out of heaven. That was the final straw. You see that? That was the final straw. And he was cast out and where he was cast out was to the earth. And now the second part of the war would play out. So when he's cast out, look at this. That old serpent called the devil, he's now the devil. When he leaves heaven, he's now the devil. He's now that old serpent. And Satan which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation is come. <laughs> when the devil falls, salvation is come. When he's cast down to the earth, salvation is come. Why the gospel? Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of our Christ because, because, they have come because the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And we're going to expound on this next week because the, the reason for the gospel, the reason for salvation is Satan. Notice, the, the, the scripture does not tell us salvation came after Adam sinned. Salvation came after the devil fell. The voice spoke. He said, all this is coming because of Satan. So original sin is not Adamic. Original sin is Luciferian, is Satanic. 
So Adam was a a casualty of the conflict between God and Satan. So when we think about the reason for salvation, the reason for salvation, part of it is the sin of man, but in its originality is the fall of Lucifer. We'll continue next week. Let us lift up our hands and pray. Oh, we thank you, Father. You are opening up your word to us in a mighty way. Thank you for hidden truths revealed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us into light and truth. For you said we shall know the truth and continue in it. And the truth shall make us free. Thank you, though, God, that we are beginning to understand the things which have been kept hidden from the foundations of the world. My God, we bless you. My God, we thank you. Mana Sarabanda for your love. Masakradila for your doctrine, Jesus Christ. Salama Niko Rabada Kantalia. Mashando Ravadiala Kranzali Barahantos Kuva. Imando Saira Ata Saile Karanine Kofaname Nilahasatia. Hale Combre Santa Capranino Salada Gidavaha. Yarada Badole Kimahasano Capariata Dodora Manshaliva. Haringo Salamando Saprahata Kanta Kale. And he breathed upon them and open their understanding. Thank you, God, that you're opening our understanding, understanding to the things of God, the things pertaining to your will and purposes and plans. Oh, for thine is the kingdom, my God, the power and the glory. We love you, Jesus. Who salabaradia? Ingro sanda vradaligi brahata sanda. Hallelujah, franza gradile. Kimando sahai. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. We will continue next week. This gospel of the kingdom. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. We need to pray for South Africa. Because the Spirit of God says, surely there shall be a state funeral in a time not too far from now. And afterwards, civil unrest, the likes of which has not yet been seen in this nation. For the perturbing winds that blow on the nation are like the storms that blow in the sea against the boat, seeking to capsize it. But I've kept this nation from tipping over, from capsizing under the pressure of these storms. But the people that live therein must pray and they must cry to the Lord for mercy. For there is breakages, there is leaking in the boat. 
and South Africa being the boat. And water is entering in and there is risk and high risk of sinking. There is risk of the ship, this ship sinking. Pray while there is still yet time for once it sinks, the recovery shall be long and far. Because there's much water already in the ship. And they ask and they look for help. But within there is no help. Because where I should be found, they have rejected me. And now they cannot cry out like my disciples did, Lord, carest thou not that we perish because I'm not in the boat. But pray, 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 pray for the sake of the elect, for the sake of the righteous. I will have pity and mercy and I will extend my righteous right hand and keep this nation for yet longer. But surely, there shall be a state funeral and civil unrest will ensue shortly after that. Hallelujah. We must pray. Bless God. Hallelujah. Oof. Uh, tomorrow is the beginning of the three-day accord, fasting and prayer, all right? So utilize the system that I've given you for prayer and fasting. So every watch, you will pray for 15 to 30 minutes and open the book. Open the book. Open that holy book. All right? And seek the Lord. The Bible tells us that He is the reward of those who diligently seek Him. If you will seek Him diligently, God will reward you. So I've, I've sent through the documents, I think, on Friday. So go through those documents again tonight at your leisure and find the instructions as to the direction of our court fasting and prayer uh, in this month's session. And may the good Lord bless you and do you good. Um, so enjoy your fasting. Uh, I'll see you Wednesday. And um, yeah, I think all the instructions I've given is already laid out for there. And at the end of your fasting, uh, come to the Lord's table, all right? Come to the Lord's table and commune with the blood and the body of Jesus. I, I hope, you know, it's my prayer that there are messages in life that if a man would listen to, that totally change the trajectory of their life, especially if those messages have within them the spirit of God and the, the word of the Lord, the voice of God. And I believe what we shared on Friday is so profound and is so important to really affecting 
our lives in a very, very significant way. We just need to learn to operate the Word of God, to do the Word of God. The Bible tells us it's not the hearer that is blessed, it's the doer. So always aim and endeavor to do the Word of God every time you hear it because it is when you do that you are blessed. It is when you do, not when you hear, when you do. So act on the Word, do the Word of God and partake of the Lord's God. Listen to me, you know, Sometimes we, in life, seek, seek, seek out the simple things of God. Seek out, this. he says, my commandments are not burdensome. Seek out the things of God. Seek out the thing, do the things of God as excellently, as efficiently as you would do the things of your boss or your employee or your own things. Because you don't need to seek, you don't need to seek the spectacular to receive the supernatural. You don't need that. All you need to do is have the spirit of a child, have the attitude of a child and do God's word like a babe. Just do it. Because he says so. So the, the, the message, the message we shared on Friday, I'm, I'm telling you, that is the message to change things for you. That is the message to change the cause of your destiny. Because the practice is, is very is practical. It's practical. How, how, how do you, how would you, we'll talk about this on Wednesday. Uh, anyways, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday and God bless you. Good night. Good day.